Hey there, what's up everybody? Welcome to Evoke Greatness. This podcast was created for those of you who, like me, are driven by their curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. If you have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, or maybe you're just curious on how some of the most successful people have navigated their journey, we share the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and all the lessons learned along the way. It doesn't matter what chapter you are on in your story. Maybe you're just getting started, or heck, maybe you're halfway through. What I know is where intention goes, energy flows. It's my most sincere hope that you will hear something in one or maybe many of these episodes that resonates with you and reminds you that you are not in this alone. As we venture into year two, I hope that you find a sense of connection and community when you're here because we all deserve a place where we belong. My name is Sunny, and I am so glad you're here. If you're new, there's a few things you want to know about me. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. This is actually going to be a totally different style episode and format. I am going AMA. So it's Ask Me Anything. And I had a great handful of questions submitted that I had put out on LinkedIn and social media a couple weeks ago. And so here we go. We're going to walk through these questions that people had. Okay. First one is... What is your most significant loss in life and how did you or will you overcome it? So this is an interesting one that I had to, and and an interesting one to kick this episode off as well, because this one kind of goes deep. The most significant loss in my life was probably earlier on in my career when I got fired from a job. And with that, I had a lot of ego wrapped up in it, and it was a huge sense of a loss of my identity. It was incredibly painful, and it felt like a, such a, a sense of loss in my life. And navigating through that was one of the probably the most profound things I had to do because I had to actually separate myself from thinking that, that my career was my identity. and. That was really, really hard. And I will tell you what, I I did a lot of hikes. (laughs) As I've said before, the mountain that I climb every day, um, that mountain knows my wins, my losses, my secrets, my failures, my accomplishments, because that's how I process. And so I spent a lot of time on that mountain and processed through that. And on the other side of that, there had never been a bigger gift you know, I, ta- I often talk about the peaks and the valleys in our life, right? And to, in order to get to that peak, you have to trudge through the valley sometimes. And that was my valley, was the loss of that job. And I couldn't have asked for a better gift in my entire life than things happening exactly how they did. And so way to go deep right off the bat, but there you go. Uh, the next one is, how did you develop your public speaking skills? So this is a funny story. I used to be terrified 
of public speaking. And when I say terrified, I mean legit wanting to, feeling, physically feeling like I was going to vomit, sweating. (laughs) I would wear dresses and literally uh, TMI, but like you lift your arm up and there are like serious pit sweat stains because I would physically be affected by the fear around public speaking, that it would increase my heart rate. It would increase my body temperature. It would make me literally feel like I was going to throw up. And, and it was so terrifying for me. And so I did that uh, through some executive coaching. I was kind of pushed in like, okay, well, you have to do these things are outside of your comfortability. And so I started doing it and then I kind of started enjoying it. And then I'd get a little less nervous each time. And then I just really leaned into the uncomfortability of having the opportunity to speak and just doing it and not thinking in my head, because really this is if we go back and we unpack the fear and why I was having that physical response is because I was so worried about what everybody else thought, what everybody else thought plagued a a majority of my life thus far at 44 years old. And it was really, really terrifying for me. However, when you lean into the fear, when you unpack the fear and you get over the fact that you're going to screw up in things that you say sometimes, great. Move on to the next thing. You are going to have the wrong answer sometimes. Great. If it if it's a hit to your ego, okay, learn the lesson, be better prepared, like just take what you can out of it and do better and grow a little more every single time. And maybe that's just a little tiny bit, but 1% more every time you speak will really help you refine your ability to step in front of a crowd. And what I have found is the more authentic you can be, the more relatable you can be, the more people love hearing what you have to say. And so I'll often reference personal stories now when I'm speaking. And it's not It's not for anything else other than the fact that you're a real person up on stage talking to real people who are out in the audience, and they're there because they want to hear what you have to say. They're there because they're interested in your experience or your opinion or the lens in which you view the world. And so I think step into that authentically and get a little more uncomfortable every single time but volunteer for it. Put yourself out there for it. And every time you'll get a little bit better, better, you'll learn a little more each time. And I think that is how refinement happens, right? Evolution happens and you become better at anything you're doing, you know, public speaking skills, playing poker, you know, whatever, like whatever it is, just lean into it and do it a little bit more and practice, practice, practice. When you are going to give a speech, practice in the mirror. If you talk to public speaking professionals, they will tell you that to do a TEDx talk or anything that's of of that capacity, they practice no less than a hundred times. They practice in the mirror. They practice to people. It's just about over and over and over and over and over again. It's that practice gives you progress and progress makes you better and better every time. The next one is what are you most proud of? I think what I'm most proud of is my grit and my unwillingness to to give up. And when I think about 
a conversation that I had this morning. It was actually a podcast episode I recorded this morning with someone. We talked about traits of our family, actually of our single parents, that we picked up or that we appreciate and value. And one of those is my mom's absolute grit. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but it was just an unwillingness to quit, an unwillingness to give up. That is something that I'm most proud of is acquiring that character in me and the depths of my soul that I'm absolutely unwilling to give up. I'm going to fail. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to say the wrong things. I'm going to screw things up. And and at the end of the day, I'm going to learn a lot and I will come back better and I will come back stronger. Next one is advice to someone who wants to grow, but doesn't have a lot of experience yet. I think put yourself out there. I think raise your hand, leaning into the experience that you hope to acquire. And so maybe that's, maybe I'm, I'm assuming that this is framed towards leadership. And so if you want to grow into leadership, how do you do that? You put in the effort and you put in the hours and you put in the work to gain a skill set that you don't have today. And so you have to identify what that is, but you may want to dabble in a few things to see what you really enjoy doing and where what specific direction you want to grow in. And that's how you'll get the experience. You actually just put in the work. Connect with people who are already doing what you want to do or or who already have that experience. People are always willing when asked to sit down with you and share their experience and how they got there. So I think reach out, do your homework, get the skill set right. We live in a day and age where You have books and YouTube videos and Google. It is virtually impossible to not be able to acquire the skills that you want to acquire. So I hope that's helpful. There wasn't a lot of frame of reference around that, but uh, I hope that was helpful. Next one is, what do you hope your boys learn most from you? I hope that they learn to fail forward. I hope they have the courage to try everything They think they may like or want to do or enjoy, and I hope they fail at it, and I hope they gain exceptional lessons of how to do things and how to not do things. But I hope, again, going back to what am I most proud of, I hope they get that piece of them that is unwilling to quit, that they're willing to fail, they're willing to learn, they're willing to screw up, and I have to be the mom My husband and I have to be the parents that let that happen. And that's really, really hard for any parents out there. We want to jump in and save our kids from everything. And that's been something I've been trying to be intentional about is stepping back and letting them fail at things and letting them go through things that are hard because that is how they're going to grow into fantastic human beings who are able and capable of navigating really difficult situations, right? That... There is no promise that life isn't going to be hard. And most of us have gone through difficult things and you learn through those and you learn what to do the next time around or what not to do the next time around. Next one is, will you ever go back into a traditional role? Um, so it's funny that that this was a question. I have, I have a non-compete that will be in place until I think July of next year. And I have a lot of companies who are interested in recruiting me, you know, on that day one of my non-compete. And 
And in the meanwhile, um, other people thought that I started this company just for a year to buy out that time. And really, um, there is more to the meaning of why I started Evoke Greatness than just buying time. And that is to have a meaningful impact on more organizations and more leaders than I did with with being inside of one company. And so who knows, right? I think it's it's probably too early to tell. But my hope is that this is wildly successful and that I create an incredible impact and that I create an incredible reputation for being able to do what I do really, really well, whether that's consulting or that's coaching or that I you know, really lean into that speaking circuit. Um, and so I don't know. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess that question, we may have to revisit that next year. But again, I hope that this is wildly successful and it won't even be a question at the time. Next one is, are you ever scared that you will fail at your business? Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. <laughs> That's actually what what gave me the pause in even do, moving into having my own company. I have been afraid of failing my whole life and still seem to push forward. And I think sometimes it takes the it takes that courage of being willing to fail. It takes the courage of, you know, I think about this podcast. I had to have the courage to suck at it. And, and I like to do things well. And when you're an expert in something, it's great. You show up in an expert way because you have the expertise of experience. This was totally new. And so I was willing to be bad at it until I was better at it and and get a little better at it to then become better at it. And so I I think same thing. I had never had my own business. And my husband has been an entrepreneur for many years, but I had never done this on my own. And my courage was around having faith in myself and my abilities and building this business at the intersection of what I am an expert at and what I am passionate about. And I think when you go towards something like that, even if you fail, even if this business was a uh, absolute train wreck failure, I would be glad that I made that decision to lean in and do it. Because I think the, you know, the old saying, cemeteries are full of regrets. And Oftentimes, people wish they would have done something. They wish they would have tried something. And I would rather try something and fail at it or maybe realize, hey, this isn't my cup of tea than to have never done it at all. Because then you always wonder, what would it have been like? What could I have achieved? How could I have brought impact in a different way? And so I think, you know, if I'm ever scared about failing at this business, absolutely every day. And I think that's also what drives me. Next one is, what is your biggest pet peeve in business? <laughs> I have a lot of pet peeves. <laughs> For anyone who knows me, you probably chuckle at this. But I think as I was really trying to drill down, and, and one of the things that really bothers me is when people are moved around in business, when you have a problem person and you move them around instead of working to actually resolve the issue, right? I'm all about making sure that the right person is in the right seat on the right bus. However, I see far too often people who are not the right people in the right seats, probably even in the right organization, and they fail at one role and then they're moved to another role. 
And all that does is set a terrible example within the company. All that does is set a terrible example for that next leader who that person may be under or that team that that person may be over. When you move a problem and you never actually deal with the act- the, the problem itself, you're just setting everyone up for failure. And so I would urge people who do that to step back and really think about what the unintended consequences are. And sometimes we want to protect people. Sometimes we want to make excuses for people. End of the day, you're setting everybody up for failure if you move a problem around. And you have to think about what kind of example you're leading as when you do that. And so I have seen that a lot within the within the business industry uh, or in healthcare. And so that is, that's a painful thing to watch, but it's absolutely a pet peeve of mine. Next one is, what do you, what do you wish you knew sooner? Do you think it would have changed things for you? So this is a really interesting question. And I gave this some thought and something I wish I knew sooner was actually how smart I am. Let me give you a little context around that. So I was really good all throughout elementary school, got great grades. And then I moved into junior high and from a, it got really, really hard from a peer pressure perspective, um, from a, you know, just that social influence that you have. And I did not give it my all. I was more focused on trying to fit in than I was trying to focus on my schoolwork. And I really started doing poorly then. And I started losing a lot of self-confidence around intellect and, and moved that kind of, it started to get worse in high school. And so I just didn't apply. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. And I did not do well in high school and actually ended up not even graduating high school. I ended up going back and getting my GED. And the sad part for me is when I decided to go to college and ended up majoring in nursing and really started applying myself. I wanted to get into the nursing program. And those things, you know, math and calculations for medications, all of that came so easy to me. And it made me reflect on the fact that I wish I would have had a different view of myself. Because I think about, so in college, I went to nursing school. I absolutely excelled. I was the president of my class. And I wish, or I wonder, I guess, sometimes I wonder if I would have applied myself in high school the way I did in college, would things be different? Now, I'm a firm believer that the Lord puts us where we need to be. And so my story, my journey is exactly how it is because my mess has turned into my message. You know, this is my testimony and my story of how my journey went. And I share that openly and honestly with people. But of course, there's this piece of me that says, do I think it would have changed things for me? Yeah, I do. I wonder if I would have gotten a scholarship. I wonder if I would have, you know, done something different. That doesn't take anything away from what I'm doing right now. I absolutely am so grateful for every step of the journey of my life to this point. I couldn't imagine it being different today. And that is with 
wisdom and lots of failures and lots of successes. But it sh- my journey was shaped exactly how it should have been. But, uh, but it was interesting to reflect back on that question. All right. The next one is, what are your top five book recommendations? All right. So here we go. These probably change depending on seasons of my life. But the first one uh, is The Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. Next one is Bet on Talent by Deanne Turner. Number three is one of my all-time favorite, and that's The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Next one is uh, a recent read that I had, and that is The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You by Lydia Finette. And then the last one is just another one that is I've, I've just so enjoyed reading, and that is Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma. So those are some of my favorite books. I think if you ask me a year from now or if you would have asked me a year ago, that list would probably look a little bit different, maybe other than The Alchemist. So those are my top five book recommendations at this season of my life. Next one is, what is your favorite Bible scripture? Um, it would be First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and that is, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The funny thing about that scripture that stands out is when I was in labor with my youngest, who is now 11, I was having terrible contractions and they ended up giving me oxytocin, which accelerates the pain and is supposed to accelerate your labor. And it didn't. And I was in horrifying, horrifying pain for hours and hours and hours. And when I was trying to center myself to calm down, I kept going back to that scripture over and over and over and over and over for hours and hours and hours as I was going through labor. (laughs) Okay. Maybe a little TMI, but there you go. Next one is, when are you going to write a book? Um, Interesting question. I've had people asking me the last couple of years about this. And, you know, I really, I I wasn't sure that was something I ever wanted to do. Uh, At this point, I have committed to doing this at some point in 2023. So there is going to be a book coming. More to come, I guess, when, when we get closer to that. Next question is, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? This one, I guess, even goes back to that, uh, what was the other question about, are you ever scared that, you're, that you'll fail at your business? Um, so it's it's exactly what I'm doing now. It is the business. It is going out onto my own, not having a full, complete, guaranteed game plan, rather relying on my expertise and my relationships and my knowledge and my faith that this is the right thing to do for this season of my life. And so um, I asked this question a lot, which is I'm sure why it was asked back to me. But if I if I knew I wouldn't fail, or even if I knew I could fail, I would still have taken this step to move into the space of entrepreneurial work on my own and and create this business in hopes of adding value to those who I am doing business with and those who are clients of mine. And so, yeah, my business, that's, I would step into it and here we are. Okay. And the last one is, were you as driven as you are now growing up? This too, anything growing up, um, when you look at the comparison of where I was then and where I am now are very, very different ends of the spectrum. And so, no, I was not as driven. Uh, I didn't even know I had drive in me then. Frankly, I was pretty lazy 
And I think it was probably more about being undisciplined, but very, very different. Um, Again, like until throughout elementary school, I was probably more focused. And then as I got into more of like that, you know, that social scene and and the peer pressure and junior high where, where you get really worried about what people think about you and you want to fit in. I think that that took a, a dramatic shift in my life and probably took some of that away because I was so wrapped up in just the desire to be liked, the desire to fit in with, you know, whoever. And, and I think that took away some of that drive or I guess didn't take it away. It buried it. And so as I got into college and again, kind of started to gain some of that confidence back around identifying with someone who is smart, identifying with someone who is capable of doing things and who does have drive and does want to succeed and grow and learn. I think all of that has been the bricks of my path. And so I think each one builds upon the other. And I certainly would not be exactly who I am today without all of those bricks being laid and without going through the things that I've gone through and experienced. And so I'm grateful. I'm, uh, you know, some people were completely driven and that type A personality from the time they were born. I wasn't. I've uh, I've grown into my type A personality and my my control enthusiast ways, and all of that has really made up who I am today. And so that is my series of Ask Me Anything. I was fascinated by some of these questions. Some of them really made me reflect and think back on some memories that I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And so I appreciate everybody who submitted questions. And I hope this gives you a little bit more of a view as to who I am. And we'll see if if everybody likes this type of style. Maybe I'll do this once every couple of months or so. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, please take a minute and rate and review the podcast or share it with someone who you know may need to hear this message. I love to hear from you all, and I want you to know that you can leave me a voicemail directly. If you go to my website, evokegreatness.com, and go to the Contact Me tab, you'll just hit that big old orange button and record your message. I love the feedback and comments that I've been getting, so please keep them coming. I'll leave you with the wise words of Dwayne Johnson. Success is not always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come.